it all over the house this morning. Let's sing together, dirt. Sing the wondrous sold out. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. We'll live the vengeance, pride and blessing. He'll prepare for us a place. We'll let me all get to momentarily in the presence of the Lord as they come immediately following this uh, song I mean, immediately following this prayer we'll have our meet and greet time together and we will 
together worship the Lord. So let us pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just love you. We thank you. We glorify your name. Father, I pray you would be with every person represented in this house this morning. Father, Lord, I pray you would be with every song that is sung, every note that is played, every scripture that is read, prayer offered up, and Lord, the messenger of the hour that he preaches, Lord, with an anointing from the Holy Spirit of God. Father, I pray today that we would just experience your presence. We have gathered today. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, I pray, God, that if there's someone here today who cannot give, Lord, you would at some time bless them so they can give back to you today. Lord, I pray, God, that everything that we take up and receive is for the upbuilding and the advancement of your kingdom. And for that, we give you the praise and the glory and honor that's due your name. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Will you bring your tithes and offerings at this time and greet each other in the Lord? your way back to your seats this morning. It's such an honor to have all of you with us, with us in service today. I do want to uh, take just a moment and, and uh, take care of a couple of housekeeping items. I, I know we'll have scripture and prayer here momentarily, uh, but uh, I do want to mention one request before uh, I do our uh, general announcements. Uh, Sister Barnes, just a few minutes ago, uh, received, right before she got here, uh, phone call, uh, every Sunday morning, uh, her sister, uh, named Mary, tunes into us. She always uh, watches our services and streams our services and loves being a part of our church services. She watches, but they have had to take her to the hospital. We don't know all the details uh, at this time. Uh, we do know 
that she uh, is en route to the hospital. So Sister Barnes got that call, and uh, she asked me to please be praying uh, for uh, uh, Mary today as well. And so we want to make sure that we mention that to you here in just a minute uh, uh, regarding that. A couple other things. We also want you to be aware of uh, that tonight we have uh, the esteemed opportunity. We do this every so often. We host Change Lives Ministry. Uh, it is uh, the drug and rehabilitation program here in Monk's Corner area. Uh, every so often, our church uh, gets the opportunity to host their graduation services. Um, and we know this is graduation season, and so they have some students that are, are going to be graduating, if you will, from that program. Uh, Jason uh, and uh, Bonnie uh, is going to be graduating uh, this time around. And so that being said, uh, we will uh, always like to feed them afterwards. And so I know normally our snack nights are pretty, pretty chill. They're pretty easy to deal with. Uh, but this one's normally it takes a little bit more volume to pull off because of the amount of people uh, that come to CLN's graduation. So if you can possibly do so, even say, Pastor, I don't know if I'll be able to stay for the service. I don't know if can anybody that can please bring some kind of, of item. Uh, to help us uh, feed them, we would certainly appreciate that um, because we like to celebrate with them. We like for them to know they are loved and they are valued and they are uh, incredibly important to us. And so we want to make sure uh, that we address that and we want them to feel welcomed and fed tonight. So make sure that if you're, if all possible, you come tonight and support them. We'll have worship service and all that kind of stuff. Also, if you have kids, please make sure you take them home with you today. I try to tell you that every Sunday. We don't keep them here. This is not Samuel and Eli. They don't go live with me. They go back home with you. Uh, there's a lot of announcements coming up that are things that are going to be going on in our property. Baby dedication is today. Uh, we have Brother Don Chavis. You'll hear more about his introduction momentarily. As I already mentioned, CLM graduation, the senior adult retreat. For those of you that are going, we will leave Monday, excuse me, we'll leave Friday morning around 9 o'clock in the morning here from the church. We'll meet here at the church at 9 a.m. and leave from here. And then, uh, obviously, we have Memorial Day uh, services. Uh, I was asked a couple week, a couple days ago to host a one-night revival at the Victory Baptist Church in uh, Bono, South Carolina, on Friday, June the 2nd. I know that might you know that might be a hard night for some of you on Friday night. But they have asked for me to come in and to host a one-night revival uh, with them, along with some of the other churches in the area. And uh, I took that humbly. They could have asked any other pastor in this community to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, but they called and said, would I be willing? And uh, anytime the Lord gives me the opportunity to share his word, I, I'm not going to turn that down. So on June the 2nd, it's a Friday night. If you can come, please come. It's right there off of Mail Route Road there in Bono, but please come and support us if all possible. Also, real quick, um, VBS, excuse me, I think I got the wrong slide up there. Uh, VBS is coming up, and uh, VBS is happening. If you have any questions, you can see Sister Jennifer, but we still need... A few more volunteers. We could use one more person in the nursery if possible. If you haven't already signed up, we could use one more person there. And if you just haven't signed up at all, let us know. We'll find a spot for you. There will be a lot of kids running around here, so we want you to be a part of that. For all our guests online, uh, any of this information can be found on our website, santicircocog.org. You can always subscribe to our Apple and Google podcast services to hear services and be a part of that. If you aren't able to give this morning, you can always give online as well uh, or through the church app for those that are joining online or if you're a visitor today let me say welcome i know there's a lot of people traveling this weekend some that are uh, out of town brother mason's out of town due to graduation festivities and birthday weekends 
Brother Storm is not here today because of graduation activities and, and uh, awards banquets and things like that. So a lot of parts, Brother Primo and Sister Nell are traveling for graduation weekend. So there's a lot of moving parts that's going to be involved with that. But one of the greatest joys a pastor ever gets to do on a Sunday is to do baby dedication. Amen. Baby dedication, uh, you know, we have to sometimes, the, the Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes, there's a time to be born and a time to die. Sometimes we do funerals. And sometimes we do home-going service. But every once in a while, God gives us the opportunity to welcome life and celebrate the life that just came into the world. Even though we talk about home-going service as a celebration of life on the other side of heaven, we have miracle babies that we get to dedicate and get to hold in the bundle of joy. So I'm going to ask all of those that are going to be a part of uh, Harper's Baby Dedication, if they'll come this morning and stand up here this morning in front of this body of believers. All uh, I know some of their family is here with them today. So we want all of them that represents their family to please come at this time. As they're coming, for time's sake, I'm going to kind of walk you through it. Uh, some of this stuff, I know there are some others there that may be coming up there with them. They're on their way. Sister Tana has got to get out of the sound booth, but she's too short to jump it, so we got to get her out of there. So we're going to get her out easier. Baby dedication. Today we have the esteemed privilege of welcoming today. Harper Emily Faith Burkhalter. It's a lot to say. Uh, so we just call her Harper. It's just real simple. Uh, it just goes with that. Um, but it is great joy and pleasure to welcome her today. She is the daughter of Carl and Aaron Burkhalter. She was born on April the 18th uh, at 5.30 p.m. Weighed 7 pounds, 2 ounces, and was 20 inches long. She is a long little booger. The parents have come today to offer her opportunity. The Bible teaches us that children were given back as consecrated back unto the Lord. And so I'm going to ask them just a few questions, and if they agree with these statements, they're going to answer we do, and then I will give a charge to this body of believers regarding baby dedication. Carl and Aaron, you do realize today that children are a gift from God and therefore are giving God thanks today for the blessing he has given you. If so, you can answer we do. Do you now dedicate your child to the Lord who gave him to you, surrendering all of the worldly claims upon their lives in hope that one day they will wholly learn to love Jesus Christ? If so, you may answer, we do. Do you pledge as parents that with God's help you will bring up your child in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, instructing her and making every reasonable effort through patience and love to build character and the word of God and the joy of the Lord to become evident in her life? If so, you may answer, we do. You promise to provide through the blessings of the Lord physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual support and need for your child, looking only to the Heavenly Father and to each other for the love, wisdom, and strength to serve during the days of her life. You may answer, we do. Do you promise God helping you to make regularly prayer and the idea of worshiping the Lord routine before her and exemplified before her to see that God is the central giver of life and the only way to reach heaven through the forgiveness of sin and the fulfillment of his promises, you may answer, we do. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 27, the Bible said that Hannah had prayed for a baby from the Lord. And when she had prayed and she had asked God to give her this baby from the Lord, she makes a statement that I believe that is probably the most beautiful statement that could describe Harper's life. Those of you that do not understand or do not know, Aaron and Carl had tried for many, many months, year, over a year, to try to have a child. 
We prayed about it as a church. We fasted about it. We put it on prayer lists. We did all of the above. There were times we thought we were making positive strides and it seemed like every time we took a step forward, we took two steps back. We tried every doctor. We tried every uh, way there was, had genetical testings, all these things. But I do believe that when Harper grows up one day, that this could be her theme scripture, that her mother and her father can teach her Harper, you were the child we prayed for, and the Lord granted the request we asked of him. It may not have been on our time, but it was in his perfect time. Amen. I'm going to ask Brianna to come stand with me today. This time we're going to dedicate Harper back into the Lord, and immediately following that we do have a gift that we will give uh, to Harper here in just a few minutes. But I want you to see this precious bundle of joy. That God gave us. She's such a cutie. She's adorable. But it's not Carl and Aaron's baby, though that's who God chose to let raise her. This baby belongs to Jesus. Because he is the one that brought her into this world. So I'm going to ask you if you would stand all over the house. We're going to just pray for baby Harper today. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just love you. God, we just thank you for this beautiful bundle of joy you have given us today God she brings so much joy and laughter and smiles to her family God the unconditional love she presents each and every day melts away our hearts and the fears and the anxieties and takes a bad day and turns it into a glorious day Father for this truly is the child that we have prayed for and the Lord granted our request and gave her to us today I pray today for the blessing over her life and consecrate her into the loving arms of Jesus Christ. I pray for Carl and Aaron to be the godly parents, role models, spiritual leaders and support that Harper will need during the duration of her life. I pray for her extended family that will raise her and support her in everything that she comes to know and do. And Father, today we ultimately know this is your baby and we give her back to you symbolically saying into your hands we commit her. For that, we give you all praise, glory, and honor. In Christ's name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now, can we just give a hand of appreciation unto the Lord for baby Harper? <laughs> On behalf of our church and church family, this is just a small token. I'll give it to you. She's got her hands full um, of appreciation and love towards Harper today. And we love you all. One more time, can we just give them a hand of appreciation? God bless you all today. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're going to have a special song for Harper to be sung. And immediately following this song, those leading scripture and prayer will be coming around. But we did have a special song today that we wanted to share in honor of Harper's baby dedication today. I bet most of you know this song.
the songs that's been sung, Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the ministry, Lord, that's going to take place in a little while. Father, we just praise you and thank you for all that you do, Lord. Father, we just ask that you just have your way in this church service today. And Father, we be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory for that you do. Lord, we love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand all over the house together. Amazing love that welcomes me. The kindness of mercy that bought with blood. That bought with blood.
may be seated just for a moment in the presence of the Lord. Let's, let me introduce our speaker to you at this time before our next song of worship. Santee Circle Church of God, we are honored to have with us today Bishop Don R. Chavis. Bishop Chavis was born and raised in West Columbia, South Carolina. He attended the Brooklyn Casey High School in Columbia, South Carolina. Upon graduating, he continued his studies by attending the Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee. Upon graduating from Lee University in 1991, Bishop Chavis began serving in the ministry. He has served as a youth pastor in the states of Maryland, Mississippi, North Carolina, and Florida. He also served as a lead pastor in Florida, Illinois, and Kentucky. Additionally, he has served as a state youth and discipleship director from 2004 to 2008 in the North Central and Great Lakes region of the Church of God. He is the founder and CEO of Europe's Child Missions Incorporated and is an ordained bishop in the Church of God, Cleveland, Tennessee. He currently serves as a career missionary with the Church of God World Missions Department and maintains the title of Director of Europe's Child Missions Incorporated. Following this next song of worship, the next voice you will hear and the man of the hour to bring us the word of the Lord will be that of Reverend Don R. Chavis, Santee Circle Church of God. Can we give him a warm hand clap of welcome at this time? Let's stand all over the house one more time before Bishop Chavis comes to lead us in our time of worship. But aren't you thankful for the goodness of God in our lives? That's why we're here today. Baby dedications and everything else is nothing more than just to represent God is so good. And all of the songs today have expressed that. And we're going to declare that today, that he is good one more time. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me all my days. I've been held in your hand from the moment that I wake up till I lay my head. I will sing of the goodness of God. So we declare today, church, that all my life you have been
Lord, we worship you today. Could you just one more time lift your hands and worship the Lord? Oh, I feel your spirit, Holy Spirit. Yes, you've been good to me. You've been good to all of us. And yes, you've been faithful. And today we just take a moment. We honor you. We worship you. We magnify you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, before you're seated, would you do something for me? Would you just shake a hand or two or hug a neck and just tell somebody you look pretty good for Sunday morning? seated I don't know who that was that he introduced on that video but I need a copy of that to carry everywhere I go that was I kept going who is that guy I love your pastor I love your pastor's family they are dear friends to me and um, I have watched pastor Jonathan for years um, every time I'm in a meeting and he's there playing the piano, I just sometimes I find myself not being able to worship for watching him. He is a prolific piano player. He is one of the best I have ever heard in my life. And sometimes I get caught, yes, when, when they first started this morning, I thought I could just lay on this pew right here and just close my eyes and listen to this all day. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to be here. My name is Don Chavis, and I am with Europe's Child Missions, and I won't go through an introduction that's already been done, but I just want to tell you a little bit about Europe's Child Missions and what we do. We are World Missions Ministry through Church of God World Missions, and we do five basic things. We try to simplify it as much as possible. Uh, when God called me to do this ministry several years ago, uh, I was a state youth director, and I was um, the Lord. I was on a missions trip, and the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, uh, I, "I went to a place where there was um, just a small one-room house full of gypsies, Roma gypsies, and uh, and I had seen poverty when I went to Africa. I'd seen poverty in Latin America, but I did not experience poverty like I experienced that night. We were in a little uh, one-room house church in Poland." And uh, I went back to my room where I was staying that night. It was a little redneck boy from South Carolina. I'm from Columbia. I'm redneck. And uh, I was staying with a, I was on the trip with a Hispanic-speaking pastor from San Antonio, Texas. And we were staying in the home of a lady from the Czech Republic. And uh, so when, when we uh, got back to the room that night, I just kind of rolled over on the floor. And I said, Lord, you got to send somebody to help these people. I had seen poverty, again, in other places, but this was more than just physical poverty. It was spiritual poverty. It was it was um, emotional poverty. And so uh, as I prayed that prayer, the Lord said, well, I'm sending you, and you got to be careful what you pray for, because when he said that, I was like, oh, no, you ain't sending me, Lord. I'm going back to America. 
but God called us to a ministry called Europe's Child Missions, and we do five things. Here's what we do. First of all, our ministry component is we do camps for children every year. We do youth camps. Has anybody here ever been to a Church of God youth camp? It's one of the most life-impacting experiences you'll ever experience, and so we do youth camps for kids. In fact, I've got a team of 16 from South Carolina and other a couple other states as well combined this uh, summer we're going to Romania where we always go uh, and do one of our camps um, and then uh, in that camp let me just give you this in 2020 and I'll reference that date because that was the last year we were fully on the field before the pandemic hit we did 11 camps in five countries we ministered to 2,500 children not uh, teenagers, but children, and then uh, additionally teenagers and their parents. But of the 2,500 children that we ministered to in those 11 camps, we seen 333 of them give their life to Christ for the very first time. Can you say praise God for that? So we do youth camp ministry. We try to provide a youth camp much like what we would do here in the United States. Uh, and then uh, the only thing that's different is when we get through uh, with our camps, we send our kids home with one of these. It's basically a backpack, and inside the backpack we put uh, several things. First of all, we put a Bible in there, and you can see a couple of the translations that we use on the table out in the foyer. Uh, we also put in that backpack, we put a feeding packet. Um, how many of you um, know that sometimes that kids around the world, you may not realize this, they have a hard time getting nutritious meals. So we partner with a ministry that does feeding kits, and so we put a feeding packet in there. We also put in there uh, something that uh, if, if your family had to share one thing in, in your family and you didn't want to share it, what would you think it would be? A toothbrush. A lot of these kids, they, they have to share a toothbrush if they have one in their family. So every kid gets their own toothbrush, their own tube of toothpaste. They get their own bar of soap, their own washcloth. And so we put some, some hygiene products in there. Also, we put in there um, some educational su supplies. Uh, many of these kids uh, do or do not get to go to school, and so we provide educational supplies. We also put some medical supplies in there. Many of these kids walk around, and you'll see in the video in just a moment, a lot of these kids walk around with inadequate shoes year-round. A lot of times it's those 59 cent, well, they're not 59 cent anymore. They're $1.25 at the Dollar Tree. How can you have a Dollar Tree for a dollar twenty-five? But anyway, um, so a lot of them walk around in those flimsy flip-flops, and they have wounds on their legs, and so we give them uh, ointments and things and teach them how to treat their their uh, their uh, sores and things because they are not allowed to go to or they don't have the access to go to an urgent care like you and I. And then also we put two last things in there, and these are probably our most popular items. Uh, I've nearly had my life lost over these two items. But every kid gets one of one of these. Everybody knows what this is. This is a good old Frisbee. It's not an awesome Frisbee because we got a little Church of God logo on it. It's an awesome Frisbee because on the inside we have printed in their language the ABCs of salvation. We're passionately about getting that in the hands of kids and teaching them how to receive Christ. And so every kid gets one of those. And then uh, this is, no matter where you go throughout Europe, day or night, <clears throat> city or village, there's always a TV playing. And one of these uh, games is playing. It's called football. And I'm not talking about the Carolina Gamecocks or the Clemson Tigers. I'm talking about soccer. 
Now, we give every kid a soccer ball. I've nearly had my life. I've been cut, almost been cut so many times over these things. This is an awesome soccer ball, not because it's a soccer ball, but it is a gospel soccer ball. This is basically the Bible printed on a soccer ball, and I'll let you see it after church. You can come up, look at it, and read the Bible. It's got the four gospels printed on this, and so, and so we are passionately about getting the Bible in the hands of a, of a child, and so that's what we do with our camp ministry. That's component number one. Component number two that we do is God just dumped this ministry in our lap in the last two years. You know there's a war going on between Russia and the Ukraine, and uh, we have been ministering in a little church that we helped get started in Uska, Hungary. It's one mile from the Hungarian border, from the Ukrainian border on the Hungarian side. I've been there several times. We do camps there. We have turned that little church into basically a receiving center for Ukrainian refugees. And so right now we have three ministries that we have just started in the last year and a half of ministering to Ukrainian children that are coming out of the Ukraine year or, or, or weekly. And uh, we go in and once a week and we uh, in two of those places and we give them a meal and we give them uh, food and we uh, also teach them the gospel. We have crafts and things like that. And so that's our second component. The third component of our ministry is we operate feeding centers. We have two feeding centers that we currently are operating. One of those feeding centers, we feed kids three meals a day every day. And uh, in 2020, in that center, we fed over 10,000 meals to children. And so we're, we're, every day we're feeding about 100 to 150 kids in that center alone, not, not including the other center we're working. And so we do feeding ministry. The, the fourth thing that we do is we, do, uh, we partner with a ministry called Project Rescue Romania. And basically a lot of these kids leave the village life. They run away because in the village life it's 95% unemployment. It's, um, it's high uh, alcoholism, drug addiction, high domestic, violence, uh, uh, domestic abuse, high, high uh, sex abuse. And so a lot of these kids run away and they go to the city thinking that they're going to they're gonna have a better life. They can panhandle and they get there and they find themselves homeless on the street. And so we operate a minister or partner with a ministry that operates to rescue children uh, off the streets because if they're not rescued, Romania is one of the number one countries in the world where kids are taken into the sex trade industry and so we're we're uh, partnering with that ministry and then the last thing we do is one of my favorite things it's a missions trip we do every December and we kind of limit this to to leaders and pastors because we want them to go and see where we're going to be planting a church in the Black Sea area but we do a trip called Christmas for the kids has anybody ever heard of Billy Graham's Operation Christmas Child we kind of do that with feet to it. We basically, we go to uh, the Black Sea area of Romania. We take a team with us and we buy Christmas and we go to about five different villages and we have Christmas parties. And they're not, they're not Santa Claus parties. We let kids know Santa Claus didn't get you these gifts. Jesus did. And so we go there, and that's the five components of what we do as a ministry. I want to show you a quick video real fast. Uh, this is kind of our, our last edited uh, video from 2020 when we were last fully on the field and some of the camp highlights, so you can kind of see what we do.
How many of you know that God has called us to love the least of these? I'm going to tell you three really quick stories, and then we'll get right in the Word this morning. Um, everywhere you go, there's always going to be a child that will impact your life on every missions trip. And, and every, every time I go on a trip, there's always a kid that just wraps themselves around my heart. And I want to I wanna pack them up and bring them home. You can't do that. That's trafficking, and uh, we won't do that. But um, um, I, I'll never forget the first little village we ever did a youth camp in. We didn't have a lot of money, and we were trying to make ends meet. And so we decided to take some scrap paper with us and some some crafting supplies. And so we had a little art class at that little camp, and it was in Nagidobosh, Hungary. And when you live in Nagidobosh. And so uh, we were there, and this beautiful little gypsy girl comes uh, uh, to the camp, and uh, she, she was there. And so we told the kids, we want you to make a card, and here's what we want you to do. It can be a Mother's Day card, a Father's Day card. It can be a Get Well card, whatever you want the card to be. And at the end of the class, we told them, we want you to write a note to somebody in the card. So this beautiful little girl, her name is Mihaela, and, uh, and they're going to show a picture of her on the, on the screen. And uh, she was there, and she, uh, she, she made her card, and at the end of the class, after uh, we had given them all the instructions, she came up to me on the way out to, they were going to leave uh, that area and go out to the field and play some sports that day. And she came up, and she wrapped her arms around my leg. And she looked up at me, and she handed me this card right here. And uh, she stood there, and she smiled, and finally she let go of my leg, and she went off, and I could not wait to read her card. And this little girl, I thought, she had gave me a card. And so she gave me this beautiful little card, and when I opened the card, my heart broke. Because when I opened up the card, there was nothing in it. And I stood there for a moment, and I thought, why didn't she write anything? And then it dawned on me, this beautiful little girl who has life ahead of her, she doesn't have access to the resources kids in America have access to. She doesn't have access to get to school some days and things like that. And so, and so I stood there and tears rolled down my face that day. And I began to weep and I began to cry. And I said, God, if you will give people that will partner with me to help this ministry go forward... One of these days, I'm going to see a beautiful little girl like Mihaela be able to write her name in her own card. And so I keep this in my Bible everywhere I go as a reminder of what God has called me to do, and that's to make a difference in the life of a child. I want to tell you another story. This little guy, his name is Octavian. He is a little uh, a Romanian uh, boy. In 2019, he came to our camp. And uh, they're going to show his picture on the screen. And Octavian came to our camp. And when we got, that was the one of the camps that we are able to do where we keep the kids all week. They come and they can stay. And so this little boy came to our camp. And, and uh, one of the first kids that got there and his mother comes up to me. And she starts pointing her finger at me and talking to me real, real, uh, uh, like in a domineering voice in Romanian. And so I didn't know if she was blessing me or cursing me. And so uh, after a few moments, the translator said, this is what she said. She said, my little boy is a victim of bullying. She said, he's good at art. You can see he likes to draw. She said, he's good at art. He's good at music. He's learned two instruments and working on a third. He's good in school. He's good in sports. And I had to interrupt at that point. And I thought, well, if he is good at all of these things, why is he a victim of bullying? 
And she said, my little boy is a victim of bullying simply because we are the only believers in Jesus Christ in our village. Now, folks, that's coming to America. Did you hear me? I said, that's coming to America. And so we uh, let me fast forward to 2020. We go back to that same area. We have a camp. One of the first kids that show up is Octavian. His mother gets out, and she's talking to me real fast again. I'm thinking, okay, is she blessing me or cursing me this time? And she basically told me through the translator, my little boy went home from this camp last year, and he took a calendar, and he marked every day on that calendar when he thought you would come back and have a camp for Christian boys and girls. Isn't that awesome? Now, let me just give you one last, this past summer, 2023, we were gone for two years because of the pandemic. We go back to that area, and little Octavian has grown up now. His glasses are gone. He's got a little hair growing under his nose. He's starting to become a little man. And he, he shows up at our camp, and he was one of three kids in that particular camp this summer who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. That's why we do what we do at Europe Child Missions. And let me tell you this last story. This one's my favorite. I love this little kid. His name is Richard Bardot, and they're going to show his, his picture on the screen. And Richard came to our camp in 2020. He was at our camp. And uh, uh, I told all the kids that summer, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray for something specific this week. Most kids will tell you, this is what I'm praying for. I'm praying for my family to have enough money to buy us food for groceries. Some kids will say, I'm praying for our family to have enough firewood to get us through the winter. Not little Richard. He looked at me with a smile on his face. He said, I'm praying for ice cream. And I was like, no, Richard, let's be serious. Let's pray for something serious. And he said, I am serious. I'm praying for ice cream. And so all week, every time I'd see Richard around the little camp, I'd say, Richard, what are you praying for? And I figured at some point he'd change his mind or changes his prayer, but all week I'm praying for ice cream. So toward the end of the week, I realized, okay, I've got to make this kid get some ice cream. I've got to answer his prayer. And so we found a little, a little village in Lugos, not Lugov, but Lugos, Romania, which is about 45 minutes away from where we were having our camp. We drove over there. We went to that little store where it was at, and we got all the ice cream they had. We took it back to the camp, kept it frozen in freezers until the end of the week. And then at the end of the week, on the last day, I brought all the kids up front. And I said, what are you praying for? And they were telling me different things. And I waited till last to bring Richard up. And I said, Richard, what have you been praying for? And undeterred with that smile on his face, he said, I'm praying for ice cream. And here's what I said. I said, Richard, the Bible says that if we will trust and we will believe God, he will give us the desires of our heart. And because you have trusted him and you have believed him all week, God heard your prayer. And that day we had an ice cream party, and you can see Richard with his answered prayer right on his nose in that picture. That's why we do what we do at Europe Child Missions is to make a difference in the life of a child. I can't do it alone. I need you. Here's what I need you to do. First and foremost, I need you to pray for me. The Bible says nothing comes but by prayer and fasting. So would you pray for us? 
Pray that God would help us. And then secondly, would you consider partnering with us with a simple faith pledge? We have some faith pledge cards out on the table in the back. I'm going to ask God to just minister to your heart this morning. And if you are willing to do that, let me just tell you how simple it is. For as little as $10 a month in a faith promise to uh, our ministry, you can help me send a kid to camp and make a difference in their life. Can I tell you this? For every three people that signed up and partnered with us in 2020, we want a kid to Christ. That's a pretty good uh, statistic right there. For every three people, we were able to win a kid to Christ. And so I'm going to ask you for as little as $10 a month, as much as $25 a month helps us do the five things that I've mentioned this morning that we do in our ministry. So would you consider partnering with us? And if you would, please come by after uh, the service and meet me at the table. You can fill out a faith promise card and I'll give you a free gift. How many of you like free stuff? Well, this church don't like nothing free. I got one person that's honest. Come by, I got something for you. I like to give away free stuff. And and if I run out, I'll give you some bills or something. You can even take a few of those off my hands. But please stop by and visit with us. They're going to show one last thing on the screen. It's basically a QR code. And I'm not going to ask you to get out your phone for anything else but this. If you would like to learn about what we're doing in ministry, all you have to do is shoot that QR code. And all it's going to ask you is for your name and your email. You get on our email newsletter list. And so every time we send out an email newsletter, you can get one of those uh, email newsletters from us if you don't do the phone thing but you want to give me your uh, your email address you can write it down and give it to me afterwards and we'll put it in manually into our system and so you can be a part of our our ministry and know what's going on so please pray for us and please consider partnering with us we can't do it without you and together like we always say together you and I we can change a generation one child at a time now, will you give me about 10 to 15 minutes to preach the word? I've got a, something I want to share with you, but I'll be brief and I'll be quick. That's the number one lie preachers tell. But if you'll, just give me, if you'll just give me about 10 to 15 minutes, the Bible tells us this. And if you have your Bible, you can go right with me to Matthew chapter 9, verse number 9. I just want to read one scripture, and I want to share something that God gave me for the church. I want to give you a word called just one more. Just one more. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 9, verse number 9. As Jesus went out from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth, and he said to him, follow me. Everybody say those two words with me. Follow me. Say it again. Follow me. And he got up and he followed him. Would you just stretch your hand this way and pray that God would anoint me just to speak for the next few moments. Father God, I pray that you would just... Give me an anointing that makes preaching easy and effective. God, I pray for us to continue to worship you like we've already been doing in this house already in spirit and in truth. Your word says that when we do that, there is liberty. And Father, more than anything else, I want the liberty of the Holy Ghost to be in this house today. And Father God, I'm going to give you praise, honor, and glory for all that you do. For it's in the name of Jesus Christ that I ask this. And all of God's people said, Amen. I love this story. This is the story of Matthew. Now, I'm going to preach in PD translation. That's Pastor Don translation this morning. 
So forgive me if I don't get it quite like the King James this morning. But I would just want to share one of my favorite stories. Here Jesus had been in the, in the, in the highlight of his ministry. And uh, it was during this time that Jesus was, was healing people. And he was, people were coming to salvation. And they were becoming disciples of Christ. And so as his ministry began to expand, people began to follow Jesus. And it was like everywhere he went, there was a crowd. Can I just tell you this? If you'll let Jesus in the house, he will fill it up because Jesus is the most popular guy in the world. And so Jesus comes upon this man one day. All of his followers were following him. And Jesus comes up on this guy and uh, he heals this paralytic man, this man who had paralysis. And so the man gets up and it's a miracle and everybody's in astonishment and all of Jesus' followers are there. But there was one man in the crowd who was not a follower of Jesus, who did not have relationship with Jesus, but he observed this. And then when Jesus gets through, he turns around in the middle of all of this crowd and he looks at that particular man who was not a follower. His name was Matthew. And he looked at Matthew and he said, follow me. Now, can I tell you, if I had been Matthew, Matthew, let me just give you a background. Matthew was a IRS agent. He collected taxes he worked for the government, if you will. And so, and so if, if Jesus would have looked at me, me being Matthew, and said, follow me, can I tell you what my response would have been? I would have done this. If he would have pointed at me and said, follow me, I would have did this. I would have went. Are you talking to me? Jesus looked at Matthew and said, follow me. Now, let me just give you, let me give you this in context. Has anybody ever played fantasy football? I love fantasy football. It's where your friends get together and you form a fantasy football league. And you kind of, you coach your team against your other friends' teams. And so you do this thing called a mock draft. Now, any good coach, if he's going to be drafting his team, his first round draft pick is going to be what? A good quarterback. Now, if he is a sorry coach and doesn't know what he's doing, his first round draft pick is going to be the backup punter. Jesus picked the backup punter that day when he picked Matthew. He looked at Matthew and he said, follow me. Now, notice again, Matthew, Matthew could have done a few things. Matthew could have said, I don't think you're talking to me, Jesus. I, I don't know about this. Or, or Matthew could have been one of those that would have said, well, where do you want me to follow you to? Where are we going? How long are we going to be there? What are we going to do when we go to wherever you want me to follow you to? And when are we coming home? And by the way, let me call my wife and tell her I'm going to be late for dinner. But the Bible says Matthew simply got up and followed Jesus. Why? Because Jesus spoke with authority. And Jesus was convincing. Jesus didn't say, Matthew, would you please follow me? Matthew, come on, let's go for a ride. He didn't pull any of that. He just spoke with authority, he was clear and concise. And the Bible says that Matthew got up and followed Jesus. I want to give you three things really fast. 
The reason why we have a hard time following Jesus, number one, is simply because of this. We have a hard time following Jesus because we're probably like some people, unlike Matthew. Matthew got up and followed Jesus, but sometimes we have a hard time following Jesus simply because we got to know all the details of the trip before we follow Jesus. I mean, it would be much easier to follow Jesus if you knew where we were going and what we were doing. But a lot of it is we've got to trust him. And so Matthew got up and followed Jesus. Now, a lot of us, we probably wouldn't have done what Matthew does because, because we'd have been like, okay, I've I got to know where we're going. I've got to know all the details of this trip before I decide to follow Jesus. Matthew wasn't that way. We're too many times, we are people that are afraid to follow Jesus because we just don't know all about this trip thing. And we like to have all of it planned out. Anybody remember the old days before Google and all these apps that kind of gave you your GPS? Anybody remember the old Rand McNally maps? Maps? You, you, you get the map out and then, I mean, this thing was huge and you just kind of, you, you highlighted the map all the way to the trip and you kind of knew wherever you were going to go. Not so much in this trip. Matthew got up and he followed Jesus. Now, well, Jesus did not carry Matthew to a third world country. He didn't carry him around the world on a missions trip. And so sometimes we're afraid to follow Jesus because we're afraid if I answer the call to follow him, he might carry me to the backside of some other country around the world. Notice where Jesus carried Matthew. They went to Matthew's house. They didn't go far. They went to Matthew's house. Do you know what? Sometimes God wants you to follow him, and sometimes we're afraid to follow him because we're afraid we're going to go somewhere out of our comfort zone. Some, most of the time, God is calling us so he can carry us right back to our comfort zone, our place. And so they went to Matthew's house, and they had what I call Matthew's party. They got in the backyard, and they had some pulled pork, and they had some baked beans, and they just had a good old cookout in the backyard, and Jesus had Matthew to invite all of his friends, and so it was an IRS employee party. All the tax collectors were there. Now, notice this. The church folk got upset. The religious people got upset because they, they didn't know why Jesus would go over to Matthew's house and hang out with all them publicans. I didn't say republicans. They go over there, and they're hanging out, and so the religious folk, they kind of hopped in the church van, and they did the slow drive-by checking out everything. It kind of reminds me, anybody remember the show Home Improvement, where you had the neighbor, and all of a sudden, all of the, the only thing you ever knew about him was his eyes, but he was always looking over the fence, seeing what the neighbors were doing. Let me carry you back just a little bit further. I'm a little older, so I have to go old school. Anybody remember Bewitched? Anybody remember Mrs. Kravitz? They pulled a Mrs. Kravitz. They were, they were checking out. They were being nosy as to what. And Jesus just simply had to remind them, I didn't come in the world for the spiritually healthy. I came for those who are spiritually sick. Can I just tell you that if Jesus showed up in Monk's Corner this morning, he's not coming to Santee Circle Church of God first. He's going to be at the bar room trying to talk to those people there. He might even go over to the hospital and visit the sick first. He's going to go where people need him the most. 
So many times we have a hard time following Jesus because we want to know the details of his will. But Jesus just simply says, follow me. Secondly, the reason why we have a hard time following Jesus is because we, 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 we don't know what we got to give up to follow him. We're afraid we got to give up something. Can I just tell you something? Jesus will never ask you to give up something that he won't replace it with something better. tell you this story and I'll move on. I was pastoring in Lynch, Kentucky. Now, where I pastor in Kentucky, it's Harlan County. You probably never heard of it. It's down in the southeast corner. It's in the coal fields of the United States of America. I'm ministering there for nine years pastoring a church. And while I'm pastoring, God gave me a relationship with one of the wealthiest young men in that whole county. He never attended my church, but he came one, became one of my best friends. In fact, when I go through that community today, I always have a place to stay at his house or his hotel. God gave me a relationship with him, and I, and I, I would try to witness to him, and he'd always tell me, I'm not getting saved. He said, because all you Christian folks, you get poor for Jesus when you get saved. you got to give up everything and be poor. For, and I don't want to be poor for Jesus. And I told him, God will never ask you to give up anything that he won't replace it with something better. And I'll never forget one morning I finally was able to lead him to Jesus Christ. Now, he never attended my church. He never called me pastor. He always called me preacher. But I was his pastor. And about a month after uh, he gave his life to Christ, one morning he called me. And he said, preacher, i got to talk to you. Can you meet me for coffee? And so we went to the only place in town to, to get coffee or anything to eat, and that was Hardee's. We went to Hardee's, and we got us a, a cup of coffee, and he said, Now you told me, when you led me to the Lord, you told me that God would never take anything out of my life that he wouldn't replace it with something better. And I said, Yes. He said, You also told me to use what I had for Jesus. I said, Yeah, I did tell you that too. He said, Well, I did exactly that. He said, This weekend... He said, I got some of my old beer drinking buddies, and I bought me a brand new boat. He said, we went out on Martin's Fourth Lake, and we were in the boat. He said, I got in the middle of the lake. I cut my boat off and pulled out my Bible, and he said, I started preaching at them. I said, you did. I said, they didn't get mad and leave you. He said, what were they going to do, walk on water back to the shore? He said, I had them right where I wanted them. He said, you told me to use my stuff, so I used my brand new boat. I said, okay. About a month later, he called me one day. He said, are you busy for lunch? And I said, as a matter of fact, I'm not. He said, I want to meet you for lunch. Where did we go? Hardee's. We went to Hardee's, and we, we had lunch, and we were sitting there. And he said, you told me to use my stuff. I said, what did you do this time? He said, I went out and bought me a new 4 by 4 ATV. Razor. He said, I went with some of my old beer drinking buddies. We went to the top of Black Mountain. He said, when I got to the top of Black Mountain, he said, I cut my razor off, pulled out my Bible, and he said, I started preaching at him. I said, they didn't get mad and leave you and go back down the mountain. He goes, they were lost on the top of Black Mountain. They couldn't get off that mountain if they tried. He said, I had them right where I want them. He said, you told me to use my stuff. God wants you to use whatever you have. 
only good and perfect gifts come from the Father above. And when he blesses us with those, he wants us to use what we have for him. Third thing that I'm going to close with. Third thing, Jesus wants us to follow him. And sometimes we have a hard time following Jesus, not because it's we, we're willing to use ourselves. Sometimes we get to a place we can't follow Jesus because we just quite don't know what it is he wants us to do. Have you ever been in a place where you, you knew God wanted to use you, but you didn't know what he wanted to use you for? Anybody? Have I been the only one that way? I want to tell you something. God has a plan for every one of us. Let me tell you, it's just this simple when you follow Jesus. Sometimes we're looking for this big epiphany in the sky that's going to give us a big grandiose uh, uh, plan of what we're supposed to do for God. Sometimes he just wants us to minister where we are right now. Again, I'm pastoring in Lynch, Kentucky. In the coal fields in Kentucky, the, the population began to decline rapidly in the nine years I was there. I mean, we went down to, we, at one time our community had 10,000 people in it. We were down to 600 people in our community when I was there. Why? Because the government wouldn't let, let us mine the coal anymore. And so people had to go out and, and move to other areas of, of the country to find employment. And so I, I'll never forget, I'm sitting in that same little Hardee's one morning, and I'm like, Lord, uh, our church is beginning to decline. Everything's declining here. It wasn't that people were mad and leaving the church because they were upset at, at, at each other. They were just moving away. And so I'm like, Lord, what can I do to help keep our church going and, and keep things operating here? And the Lord said to me, he spoke, and he said, I want you to minister right where you're at. And then I gave the Lord my resume. I said, Lord, we're involved in Little League. We support a team. Lord, we're involved in the local Kiwanis Club. Lord, we're involved in this, and we do this, and we, we do hospital chaplains. And I'm naming all these things that we do as ministry. And the Lord said, I didn't say that. He said, minister right where you're at. And I'm, I'm reading off my little resume list again. He said, stop. Look around you and minister right where you're at. Now, I take things literally when the Lord speaks to me. So I just stopped, and I was like, okay. I looked around. I am sitting in, uh, in Hardy's in Cumberland, Kentucky. And then it dawned on me. I don't know if it was God or just my stupid flesh, but, but I said, you know what? God wants me to pastor Hardy's. And can I tell you, for the next year, I went to that little Hardy's every morning I had an opportunity. And I got me a cup of coffee, and you thought I was a county politician. Every person that walked in that Hardy's, Bob, how you doing? I've been praying for you and your family. Mary, I heard your mama was sick. If you need me, you call me now. Every person that came into that Hardy's, I spoke to them and I loved on them for the next year. And can I tell you something? Because God wanted me to minister in the moment I won nine families to my church. Just loving old people. God wants you and I to minister in the moment. Well, you might say, well, I don't understand what you're talking about ministering in the moment. Brother Vaughn knows me well. Two years ago, I moved home. I was pastoring, and I, I left because God is calling us to do missions full-time. I moved to Columbia, South Carolina, and for the first time in my life, in my ministry, I felt displaced because I'm no longer a lead pastor anymore. I'm just a missionary sitting on a pew. And I'm like, 
minister in this environment. And I'll never forget it. We go to a little cafe called Just Us Cafe. We go there, and there's a young lady that's there. <clears throat> and she is a young lady that is that is a single mom. She has two children. She struggles to make ends meet. And you know what? God called me to minister to that lady. Her name is Megan. And every time I go in there, I love on Megan. I share the good news of Jesus Christ. I talk about the Lord, and I leave her a good tip. Because I want to bless Megan. I go to the cleaners. Now, when I, I just got to be honest. The first time I went to the cleaners, uh, this lady, I thought this was the devil's wife. She came out and she just was mean and rude and hateful. And for two years she's been that way. But about three months ago of just loving on her. And, and, and I'll be honest, there's been, most times I go in there, I dread having to go in there. But about three weeks ago I went in there and I thought, okay, this is going to be one of those tough days. She comes out and unexpectedly she had a smile on her face. And she said, preacher, where have you been? I've been missing you. And I thought, oh my goodness, the devil's wife has gotten saved. She was nice that day. But here's the point I'm trying to get across. You know what? God wants us to minister in the moment. Maybe you have to deal with a lady that ain't so friendly at the dry cleaners. Maybe it's a, a waitress somewhere. I don't care where you go, but be a missionary in the moment. Because you know what? If we are ministers in the moment, God will bless us and he will bless this church. I want to share this video and I'm closing. Powerful video. set this video up real fast. A young man kind of doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. And he has this epiphany moment as to what he's supposed to do. And God reveals to him what to do. I want to share this with you and then I'm going to close. Be quiet, just be quiet. Hold still now. I got 
I was blind. Keep it down. Can you walk? No. play softly. Let me ask you, who's your one more today? Who's your one more? You know, God calls us to follow him. Simply go get one more. That's what the Great Commission is all about. That's what missions is all about. That's what being a Christian is all about. Hey, one more. I have a lot of people say, well, I know who your one more is. Your one more is a are my one mores. And every day I get up and I pray, God, would you send somebody that will lead my brother and my sister to Jesus Christ. Because I may not be that person. But what if we all had a one more spirit for a 
Because I can't reach my own siblings. Somebody give her one more kiss. Give her one more kiss. Is it a son? Is it a daughter? Is it a brother? Is it a sister? Is it a mother? Is it a father? Is it a friend that you work with? Who is your one more? So here's what I want to pray today. If you would let me, I'm going to pray for God to give you one more story. Can you imagine what this sanctuary would look like next Sunday? If we all determine when we leave this house today, we're going after one more. We're going to bring them. We're going to rescue them. We're going to bring them to the house of God. You couldn't fill this house if we all went after those one more. So I'm going to pray for you today that God would give you one more story. Father God, I feel your sweet Holy Spirit. And I pray today for one more spirit to come over this house. today that every person in this house will get a one more story. God, I pray for one more out there that will rescue my own brother, my own sister. Just give us a one more story. God, give us a heart for the harvest like never before. God, we don't have to go around the world to reach the harvest. The harvest is right here. Right here at our house here in our community. So I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over every person in this house today that when we leave here, we'll be just like that soldier in that video. God, give us one more. If we go into the grocery store, let us find one more. If we go to the gas station, we go to Hardee's, wherever it is we go. Go to a family member's house. God, give us just one more. Just one more. Father, I thank you. Allow me to share the word of God. God, I pray that if you do not fall on deaf ears today, that you would pierce somebody's just for a moment in the presence of the Lord. We're going to take up a special offering for Europe's child here in just a moment. But there's an old praise chorus that, and it's not going to be on the screen, but I just want you to kind of close your eyes and just process all that we have heard today. And I just want to sing the chorus to this song one time or maybe twice through just so that you can hear this. But this is what the song said. Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, 
you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Lord, take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. You can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Oh, Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Lord, take my hands and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you. Let's stand all over the house and just declare this is our prayer, Lord. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Oh, if you can use anything, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Touch my hand, touch my hands, Lord, and my feet. Touch my heart, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. As that song resonates in your heart, this is what we can do. We can give something today. We can be the hands and feet. We may not get to go to Romania. We may not get to go to Europe. But we can invest in someone's soul being changed by Jesus Christ. So there are going to be ushers at the back door. And they're going to have the offering bags there waiting on you. And whether it's $1, whether it's 50 cents, whether it's a quarter, whether it's a check. Or if you have something, you say, Pastor, I wasn't prepared today. If you'll tell us what you want to give, we'll give it. And you can just give it back next Sunday or whenever when you come to church. But I believe, I am a firm believer, and I've seen it happen too many times. You cannot outgive God. The Bible says He will press it down, shake it together, and He'll make your vats run over. We won't be broke, church. We won't run out. Our finances prove God will supply all our needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. That's our prayer today. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we get ready to leave this place, Lord, I pray that as we go to and fro our destination, you bless us and you keep us. And Lord, you make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us. And God, Lord, you give us the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding. And God, our hearts do we return again. Let the words of our mouths and meditation of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Lord, I pray everything that we can give, Lord, if you can.